Hello, welcome back to Noise Evocation Podcast. I am Ryan. And I'm Jeremy. And Muffled. Jeremy, Jeremy. So All right. today we're gonna today we are going to finish off the series of black metal stuff that we've been doing. We could probably do like a whole bunch more, but we'll wrap it up for this month. Yeah. Um, What's the date? Is the date already December Monday? No, it's eleven twenty-seven uh, right okay. now. Okay, so twenty-eight. It'll be. So yeah, we'll finish off days. November with black metal then, and then. We'll move on to glorious Christmas music for all of December. Yes. Just kidding. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I don't even have enough Christmas info to fill up a whole conversation. Um, in this one, we're not going to be giving you lists of bands to check out like we have before. We're talking, talk. We're just going to kind of talk about some of the craziness, some of the like murders and different crimes that yeah. have gone on in the community. And like um, the legend behind some of this shit. Yeah. And then some stage performances and antics and shit that, you know, different bands have gone through on stage. Um, maybe a little bit of like melodic versus lo-fi and talk a bit about some of the terrible album covers whether they're be <laughs> terrible as in funny or terrible as in incredibly inappropriate right. or whatever yeah i want to uh some like you said some of the performances man they like when they people say oh man they they give 110 percent like dude they've never seen fucking a couple of black metal shows man those dudes are fucking intense yeah i was watching this morning um the Gorgoroth show. Yeah, yeah. The Black Mass Krakow show. The one that was in Poland? Yep. Yeah, that one was sick. So you can find this video on YouTube now, but originally when it came out, the band was... I don't remember if they actually got arrested. No, 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 they didn't get arrested. They didn't get arrested, but they're not allowed to play in Poland ever again. They're not allowed to play in Poland, and the promoter who put on the show was fined because he did not... Yeah, like he make them it. aware that it was illegal because Poland has anti-blasphemy laws yeah. and um, animal t uh, animal cruelty laws and shit like that. They had sheep's heads like draped on stage on different pikes and stuff. And these sheep were already dead, by the way. It's not like they fucking slaughtered them on stage. Yeah, but they brought their own sheep heads because yeah. obviously the venue doesn't supply that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I think it was something like 80 liters of blood or something like that that they brought. It was sheep's blood, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then they had like four or five naked women that were crucified on crosses and had like executioner bags over yeah. their heads. And I assume they had something to stand on, like All the, the, the women. women. Yeah, they had to have. Because for the length of the concert, it would have been, I mean, shitty to hang there <laughs> yeah. that long. Like... I wonder what those girls do now. I don't know, but it's an epic fucking show. Like, yeah, it's it is it's fucking awesome. But I think it's bullshit that there's. I mean, that's why we don't live in Poland. We live in the great uh, United States of America. <laughs> but like to have a blasphemy law, man, it's like. Fuck. Well, that was like where. <laughs> you can't play. I mean, like that's why, like where the Pope was born and right, shit. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I you know. Most, I don't want to 
say most, that's not fair, but all of the Polish people that I know, most of them, I guess, are pretty hardcore Christians, you know? Yeah. Pretty Catholic. We probably know more Polish people than we really think. Well, yeah, we live in... There's like, a lot of Polacks here. You should probably edit that out. Fuck that. You want to leave Polak? Why? Well, I know my old lady's going to beat my ass for just saying it. <laughs> you didn't got, say it. I got in this <laughs> argument earlier about French Canadians being the fucking Polacks of Canada. And she's like, I never heard that. And then she's like, you're upsetting me. So we had to stop. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can leave it in, though. I'm just saying it's a funny conversation. I didn't know if Polak was considered derogatory now. Yeah, that's it what probably I'm always it really always was, was but, but there's so many around here that it, it's like anyway, we'll get we'll swing right back around. So Poland definitely uh don't want to live in Poland if you're into black metal. Don't wear black metal shirts if you're visiting Poland. In fact, just wear plain nothing on your clothes shirts when you go to Poland. It is ballsy for the band to choose that like area to do that. Yeah, because right. obviously they knew. But um, at that time, Gull was singing in the band. And he did that interview that we talk about from time to time on Vice where it's like, yeah. dude, this guy is super creepy. He was. And he's the dude or that is. did the show, right, was singing at that time and... Uh, kind of strikes you as the type to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this just to do it to because it's the most blasphemous thing to do. Yeah, well, judging by his interviews and stuff, you can tell that he was really like, I'm going to do what I can to piss off uh-huh. the people that are um, Christian, Catholic, whatever. And obviously going to like one of the holy lands yeah. would, would be the the pinnacle of being able to piss off the Christians. Well, I and then uh, down the road, I want to say, not not that long ago, let's say within the last 10 years, that dude's so, like, anti-God and anti-Bible, he's gay. Yep. Well, he's always been gay. Well, yeah, he's always been gay, but it's, like, it's cool that he's just, like, I'm that fucking metal, you know? Like, it, he yeah. kind of makes us, uh, not a joke, but, you know, He's dedicated, I guess is the fucking term. I was watching an interview with him about how when he came out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you would assume that people would dismiss it or be like, oh, no, we don't have room for that in metal or right. whatever. Um, <clears throat> and I guess they were all, like, really accepting of it. And we're like, oh, cool, whatever. Right, because it's fucking the most blasphemous thing that you could probably do. Yeah. And it's a lot, I I know it's a lot different in the European countries than it is in America as far as that gay shit goes. Yeah. Gaul was also sentenced to prison for two different occurrences where he tied up and tortured somebody yeah. for hours on end. Um, and and he, I think he tried to, like, pass it off as self-defense, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. And then he fucking whooped somebody's ass in a bar, I believe, and almost killed him, and that's why he yep. went to prison. Definitely, uh, like I said, scary dude. If you can look that up, it would be on YouTube under Vice, Vice Interview. Probably just put... 
probably be under Gorgoroth or Gaul. Yeah, just put Gaul. Gaul is G A. It's either G A A H L or G A H L. I don't remember if there's two A's or not. Like, I'm gonna, I'll double check, but I, you're pretty close. We could probably just leave a link to it in yeah. our description. We'll do that. We'll we'll set you up with the link to yeah. it. Yeah. It's definitely and, and it's cool. I mean, even if you're like, dude, I hate this black metal shit. Just as a, uh, as a, a human interest thing, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, because he was fucking wacko. Yeah. And I will also put a link to the um, Black Mass show for the Gorgora. Which um, kind of makes me think of the uh, church burnings from the uh, early 90s, where I could see um, Gull being a... Uh, I can't remember. I was trying to think if he said something about that or not in the interview. I'm pretty positive. Where he was like, and, I support that shit. Yeah, that yeah. was... But I think that was in Until the Light takes us oh, okay. or until the light divides us or whatever until it was the called. light takes us okay the... um i believe that was in there where he was like yeah 100 percent, i support okay the i know i've destruction seen destruction of that you know history and whatever yeah because their idea behind the church burnings was they were a very norse type You're appreciating right. religion yeah so they were trying to destroy the ancient Catholic name and the ancient, you know, whatever. So that was their whole motive behind it. Yeah, it was my understanding that they look at it as Catholicism rolling in and basically wiping out their ancestors' beliefs. Yep. You know, which we're not really here to talk about, like, what religious things, but that's factual, you know. I mean, that, that's how it worked. Yeah, and, I mean, chronologically, yeah. the Norse mythology obviously came forth uh, first. Right. And if you're somebody who appreciates practices or feels some type of family connection to or heritage to or whatever, right. then I could see how this other religion coming in and, like, taking over right. everything that you've known to be historical to the Norse mythology, I could see how people would be pissed, but I could also see how the bands themselves probably were just like... It's a good excuse You know, to... this is killer publicity, uh -huh. and it's a good excuse to, you know, commit some crimes and do some shit, like... It's, and, an, know, we, it's we an, could, an excuse and, to, like, do violent shit. Yeah, and apparently Varg was like, it'll be a fucking great album cover. Right, right. Um, yeah, he did say that. Yep. Yep. The church burning would be an awesome album cover. Well, he was accused of burning, um, or for the record, we're talking about Varg from Burzen. He was accused of burning a very historical church in the area that I can't remember the name of. I'm going to get that name for you. But he was never, like, fully charged for that. But then after he was cleared for the accusation of, he did take the picture of the burnt remains and use it for his first album cover which is kind of like some john dillinger type of shit you being accused of a crime yeah he's a ballsy and then spot. like taking that crime you're accused of and using it as publication kind of well on the cover of the lords of chaos book there's one yep and it's the one I, yeah, it is the one it, it's like the it's all wooden Yep. I mean, it fucking went up like a matchstick, man. And it was, like he says, super old Christian church. 
And then there was another church that Varg, I believe it was Varg, Euronymous, and Faust. Faust tried to blow it up. Yep. But the bomb that they made wouldn't detonate. Yep. So they just poured gas all over the Bibles and scriptures and threw them all on the altar and lit them on fire. And then their actions, like in the early church burnings, kind of started the chain reaction for all the other bands to start being like, oh, this chaos and destruction shit is part of the message. Like, I know you've said it before, but it's like the punk rock of metal. Right. And, you know, punk was very much in that same way to have, you know, burned down the establishment and shit like that. So you can see how those two kind of tie together with that. And what made me just think right now is when you were talking about the religions taking over and then the people that have these ancient connections, I kind of look at that as like... It's like the Native man. Amer- Native Americans, right, in yeah. this country worshipped the sun, the earth, blah, blah, blah. And then, then Christianity came, came in and slaughtered from the white a bunch man. of them. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of... It's the same concept. Yeah, it's like, well, yep. who's right and who's wrong? You know what I mean? Mm. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, because they just basically came in to rewrite their own history. Right. And, and then try to diminish all of the already existing history. So, like, imagine if some people tried to invade the United States now and was like everything that you guys ever did, had, in, invented, yeah, made, whatever, we're going to wipe it the fuck out. Yeah, people are going to stand up for that shit. Yeah. I will say this. I have my, my jailbird brother, he got into the Norse mythology and shit while in the joint because um, the Aryans kind of adopted that as their thing. And I... and. I just want to say, uh, from my end and probably yours, like, I'm not down with any kind of fucking shit like that. Uh, I think that's a waste of your hatred to, uh, you know, hate on people for dumb shit like that. So, you you get a lot more done in the day if you don't waste your time hating shit. That being said, there's there's nothing racist in the, the mythology. It's just been adapted in a way by some fucking assholes and then everybody gets lumped into that group. Yeah. My brother getting into it, he's in prison. I guarantee you it's because it's like a color thing, you know? Mm. But on the outside, I mean that shit doesn't matter, you know. So I just wanna put that disclaimer out there that I'm not a fucking racist piece of shit. But that's that's how Varg is now. That's kinda where I was going with that. I'm sorry. Oh no, so you're I, good. I was reading my notes. Oh, here. okay. So, like, Varg, as a kid, younger like that, when those church burnings were going on, he did his first album. I don't know. He was fucking young, dude. And They were all young, like, right. in the beginning of this time. So, we're going to come back to this story, but he served a lot of, a lot of time in prison. And he's been out for a while. He has a YouTube channel. He had a 21-year sentence and served... Almost 16 years, yeah. I think, and then got paroled. Well, now he's out spouting off his fucking, you know, white race is the fucking blah, blah, blah uh-huh. bullshit. And it's still kind of in the in the realm of, you know, using his black metal as a fucking vehicle for it, you know? Yeah. I remember the video or the 
Yeah, the videos of the interviews of him in prison and stuff. And yeah, that's until the light takes us as well. Yeah. The prison that he's in looks like so awesome. It's like a country club. That's exactly, dude. I think those Norway dudes got it way easy. And that's what I mean. It's a whole different culture, different country. Yeah. America imprisons well, more people than anybody in the fucking world. Because there's money being made off of it from oh, all yeah, the private here. prison systems. But in Norway or, you know, other places, they're trying to actually reform Rehabil- yeah, to where you can go back into society as a better person, per se. Right. You know, they're not trying to make it a, oh, we we imprison X amount of people yearly and generate upteen billions right, of dollars right. of income. Like, Some fucking bullshit. So, and Varg did put out a lot of albums while in prison. Yeah. Some better than others. Most of which sucked. Yeah. Um, And then some, he actually, we talked about that on the last, on one of these episodes where he released one that he... He released it from prison, but it was recorded before he went in, and yep. it's like the shit. I think we had, you had it playing, or no, maybe it was the first album you had playing the other day, or was it that? No, it was Philosophy yeah, that yeah. I had playing the other day. Yeah, it was that, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Varg was convicted for four church burnings, and then he was also convicted for the murder of Euronymous from Mayhem. Yep. I know that there was... Over 50 church burnings from, like, 92 to 96 when all this was mainly going uh-huh. on. And a lot of them went undiscovered or, you know, nobody had a clear idea of mm-hmm. who did it. But everybody had, like, the preconceived notion of, like, oh, it's, you know. Yeah, it's like they know guys who did it, but it. they don't have any proof. Yeah, they can't, like, actually pinpoint the dude who did right. it. So he was charged for four but probably did more. Oh, fucking most definitely. I would I would agree with that. And then the whole situation with Euronymous, I mean, there's a million and one different takes on whether or not that was Euronymous was going after Varg, Varg going after him, or if it was like a power thing to where one wanted to be the king of the scene or just all these other, you know, yeah. kind of theories about why and how it happened from every different side of people who was around at the time and whatnot. And the only version we hear is Varg's, you know, so we'll never Yeah, because obviously you can't, can't get Euronymous's. Um, but you can get the inside scoop from some of the people that were around at the right. time, like Necro Butcher and, you know, others. So to hear their take on it is it, interesting right. because that's the closest you can get to the other side or at least another take. Oh, I agree. They were the ones closest with those two. But it well, was he had like the Death Like Silence label, and he put out yeah. Burzum's first record, and there was some money shit there, I believe. There was supposed to be some contract being signed the night that they met up that this happened. Right. To clear and, up some money bullshit. Yeah. Something. Nobody knows all the exact details right. of the contract. But that's, Varg. that's what Varg said. Yeah. So, to my understanding, they. Euronymous like ran to go get a knife and that's where the whole altercation like really spawned from. Uh-huh. I don't know what was said or what happened or what led into the him because obviously he wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, Varg, and then just run to go get the knife. Right. Like, because if that were the case, why wouldn't you just bring it to the door with you? 
So I don't know what led up to those events. It, you know, nobody really. It, it's will an know, interesting thing to study. Yeah, and then do you know the the number of times he was stabbed by chance? It was like twenty one times or twenty three times or something. I don't remember how the many times number. he was. Yeah. I just know he got. Uh, Varg said that when he stabbed him in the head, he had to like kick his head to fucking get the knife out. Yeah. And then he fell down. (laughs) He fell down a bunch of stairs or some shit. Right. And that he was surprised that the sound of him falling didn't wake up the whole neighborhood. I also read somewhere that all the cuts and bruises on Euronymous's body was from him falling into glass and when he fell and shit and like leading into him getting hit in the head. It would have been defensive fucking wounds, but. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't know. It's weird over there. <laughs> I don't have the exact yeah, number either. Stabbed, and nobody stabbed. probably really does have right. the exact number. I was just thinking of the court case. Like, what did they actually try to charge him for? Right. Um, I know it was over 20 times that he was stabbed. And then there's that, you know, famous picture of Varg smiling right. once he got the verdict from the jury or the judge yeah, or he's whatever. Got a he's got like this grin. evil grin on his face. In my opinion, he, based on how Varg looks at it now, and he has talked about it, and then even in the until the light takes us interviews, all that shit, it's like I believe he fucking is an evil motherfucker and did that shit on purpose. Yeah, I, I mean, can see that for I don't, sure. Like you said about Euronymous, so Varg went to Euronymous's place. Why would? I mean, okay, again, I don't know if the door had a peephole, this, that, the other, but why the fuck are you going to answer your door with a fucking knife unless you're worried about somebody killing you? You know what I mean? I don't think he had the knife when he answered the door. He ran. Oh, to grab it when Varg walked in. He ran into the kitchen, from what I've read, to grab the knife. And it never says if it's, like, right after Varg walked in or he was already in the house and then they were trying to sign the contract and some shit popped off. I Nobody don't, knows I don't shit. know. Nobody knows except right. the walls and Varg and Euronymous. Which, when I was younger, that shit was like, that kind of, that's half the reason I listened to this shit. Yeah, it, because it intrigued it, you. It intrigued you, and it was like, holy shit, these people are insane. And, and they put not out that music. it's like, in no way is it, should it be glamorized, like killings no. and suicides and church burnings and whatever, but... The appeal to the psychology behind exactly. that. I want to know what makes add, a person exactly. fucking do that shit. And then to add the music to it with how evil and crazy and dark the music was just kind of lumped in this whole cult following exactly. of things. And, you know, I obviously, we didn't come into the black metal world in 93 shit. I was like eight years old. So, yeah. oh, you I were, was like three. Yeah, you were just a little <laughs> dude. So... I was born in corpse paint. Exactly. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, we're just getting this shit like 10, 20 years later. And a lot has happened, a lot of different takes on things. But like Ryan said, it's it's more of the interest in, like, not so much the Varg Euronymous case, because there's motives there. Yeah. But like in the, in the Faust case, it's like... It's Where he... Just... Killed a guy to kill him. Yeah, because he wanted to know what it was like to kill a guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Which is just nuts. Yeah, I don't. But, I think that's just totally fucked. Yeah, and it's it's the same reason why people like murder mystery shit or right. uh, true crimes or unsolved mysteries or things like that. It, it is. It's, it's like the, that. literally the same exact thing. Only this is true. Only this happened. Yeah. So it's fucked up. And, you know, there is, like, shows where, you know, murder mystery podcasts are some of the biggest podcasts there are. So, right. obviously, people eat that stuff up. So, I mean, those people should do shows and episodes on the black metal shit because that in its own would make a great episode oh, yeah. and content for that because there's so much to choose from. I think um, I think it's a very uh, an American thing that we're... We're all obsessed with fucking shit like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I fall in that category, man. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to read about Jack the Ripper uh-huh. and H. H. Holmes. I mean, there's and... a fucking show on TV now making Dahmer a fucking like. People feel sorry for Jeffrey Dahmer now. Yeah, which I remember when I was like younger, that. reading stuff about serial killers and yep. whatnot, and people yep. look at you like you're nuts, and now they're Netflix specials. Exactly, dude. I fucking think that's hilarious as well. But anyway, um, another really interesting, I don't want to spend all day on the Varg Euronymous thing because that could be a whole episode on exactly. its own, really. But another interesting, I guess, instance inside the black metal community was when Dead committed suicide. Um, Dead was the vocalist for Mayhem who actually only recorded two tracks Funeral Moon and. Uh, cannot remember the name of the other off the top of my head. Freezing Moon? Freezing Moon, I'm sorry. Not Funeral Moon. Funeral Fog. Funeral Fog. See, I was fucking there. You're close. (laughs) Um, But he recorded two tracks, and everything that I've read about Dead, he was a very depressive person who was obsessed with death Death. in general. That's all I got his name. And self-mutilation, and... He was the person to bring on the term corpse paint. He wasn't the first to ever paint their face, but like he called it that. Merciful Fate, Kiss, um, Celtic Frost, all those guys that used it never referred to it as corpse paint. Right. Dead was the one to bring on the name of corpse paint. And he was the only person in Mayhem at the time that actually was wearing it. He uh, also used to bury his clothes in the dirt or in the ground and let them stay in there for like months so they kind of get dry rotted and shit and then yeah. you use them on stage and he even had the band a few times bury him so his skin would start to turn yeah, pale yeah. he would starve himself so he could get starving wounds he's a very uh, uh he collected dead animals in a picnic basket and would bag them up and then sniff dead crows and shit before shows or before recording. So he had the smell of death in yeah. his nostrils while recording. Yeah, he was a very, very sad, sad story. But at the same time, he, like, wanted to live that art. Um, yeah. I he, have a, he wanted to make evil music for evil people. Right. There's only two recordings, like, studio recordings, but um, live there's live albums, and they surprisingly sound pretty fucking good, where you can hear Dead sing, and it's not even the um, so much. I mean, maybe it is because we know the story, but, like, his vocals are so fucking haunting, and, like, they're those high-pitched, like, howl, fucking super scary sounding shit. 
and I don't think anybody, you know, sounds like dead. You know what I mean? I mean, when he does freezing. No, nah, he really strived to try to get yeah, that pure fucking haunting sound. There was a box set out called, hang on, I'll get it for you, but that has four. The live album you're talking about is live in Leipzig. That's one of them. There's a there's box a... set with four of them. Yeah. Plus, there's another one that you can get. But yeah, it's fucking awesome. The uh, live shit. And like I said, it's surprisingly pretty good. They cleaned it up, obviously, because it was from a tape recorder. Trying to find the, uh, what the hell is it called for sure? The box set? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I've seen it before. I don't remember the exact name of it. I fucking have it. I just looked at it this morning. It comes with a um, pretty cool uh, colored insert thing. I think it's basically a book. High gloss. Oh, Cursed in Eternity. Put out by Peaceville 2018. Uh, Comes with, like I said, oh, you get the Hen House Rehearsals, which was the house that Dad actually killed himself in. Yeah, that was that creepy little shack. That that, thing? Yeah, that he lived in. Yep. And that all the... Like, all the residents and everything from the area were telling their children not to go by there, not any of the local residents, anything like that. Right. Like, they were, these people were legitimately scaring people because there wasn't anything like this at the time. There wasn't people around, you know. It's not like everybody was just hanging out in Norway in face or in corpse paint, right. like burning churches oh. on a Sunday for fun. It was. This it was the reaction you would expect to have when there's crazy people doing crazy shit. And you got to remember, this was in the early '90s, not you know a couple years ago. Right. So it's definitely fucking way more shocking. And mayhem. I know their first few live shows. They said that I was reading in um, this black metal evolution of the cult book. Okay. They said that. They had about 300 people at their live shows, but then they started throwing around severed pig heads and some other shit and cleared it down to about 50. <laughs> and uh, Dead apparently liked this because it weeded out the people yeah. that he didn't want appreciating the music. Like, he didn't want your everyday average person right. just being like, oh, cool, mayhem. He yeah. wanted legitimately, like, fucked up people like he was to enjoy and follow and, you know, be at the shows. Right. Not... That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, because of his suicide and a few other violent acts, he's forever remembered, you know, Mm. by everybody that has, you know... Well, the Mayhem story, I would say, is probably the most notorious in the whole entire genre, hands down. Oh, agreed. Like... Definitely. Even just at the dead suicide, it would have still been. Right, if they just left that, because they, what, I don't think we mentioned, but Euronymous took photos of him after he was killed and used it on an album cover, yep. which pissed off Necro Butcher and Hellhammer, and I believe Necro Butcher left the band at that point. Yep. And so that album cover um, is out there somewhere, and it kind of tells you, like, Euronymous is a fucked up asshole too to take pictures of his dead buddy, but then also, it's probably what dead would want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see both sides of that because exactly. I know Necro Butcher got pissed at 
like Euronymous didn't go to the funeral. Right. And he was basically using dead suicide as publication. Yeah, and, it was publicity for him. Or, yeah, trying to further the name of the band as evil. And Necro Butcher being, you know, grieving over the suicide of his friend, he was pissed about it. And Understandable. There was also the rumor that Euronymous had a hand in dead suicide. Like pushed him to it? Either pushed him to it or may have killed him and then left for the weekend and come back. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. Because as far as I remember, Euronymous was with either Necro Butcher or Hellhammer that weekend that it happened. And then when Euronymous came back home, he found him dead because he had to break in through the window because right, the door was locked. Right, right. He was in his room dead. So then he moved the knife that was next to the shotgun and then went out, got a camera, took some pictures, allegedly was going to cook his brain, but he said that it was he had been decomposing for too long uh-huh. at that point and then made the skull fragment necklaces Which and shit. Which is all bullshit. I mean, it wasn't really his skull. Yeah, I don't know what it actually was, but... No, I mean, that shit came out, like, it's not... It was... He well, just I, said don't, it I mean, I don't bullshit. know what the actual material of oh, the necklace they were trying to say I want to say it was chicken bone. Gotcha. Honestly, like, some fucking... So, I mean, he was just kind of trying to pull, you know, a fast one. Back then, it worked, really. I mean, that's I mean, because how would shit. you have any other way to know? Yeah, right. And especially, like... If the guy would go out, get a camera, arrange the crime scene to make it look more metal, metal for the album cover, then who's does, to say... It does he, put that into question. Yeah, who's to say he wouldn't take pieces of his bone? And who's to say that his death isn't karma? Or that, too, yeah. Very interesting way to think about that. Or that Varg didn't kill him because Euronymous, killed he dead. found out Euronymous actually killed dead. But, but or, Varg you know, never said that, so I think that's not. Maybe that wouldn't happen. Maybe but, not, but I'm just saying there's the possibility. With, oh, for sure. You know, with all the circumstances that took place, then. Oh, I'd also like to mention that there is a Lords of Chaos movie starring Rory Culkin, who plays Euronymous. Euronymus was an ugly looking motherfucker. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, Macaulay like, Culkin's brother's, like, any hotter or whatever, but, he like... He looked like Master Splinter oh, a little yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, dude. Euronymous was a weird-looking motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he should keep his corpse paint on at all times. <laughs> but... He did look better in corpse paint. Right. Yeah. But that movie um, is a lot of bullshit. Uh, so, wa- if you do watch it, watch it with a grain of salt. Like, they... I, I just remember certain things, like... Uh, they make Varg like this womanizer who's just turning out bitches left and right, and that was not him at all. Like that would go against his fucking beliefs and shit. Yeah, um, and he was very dorky anyway. Right, so right. No way was he like the power macking bitches. Yeah. And they kind of make him like he's some crazy ass tough guy, and that was like not the case. You know, but they got to do what they got to do for movies. It's almost satire, like it's meant to right. be taken. It's inspired by but not true to exactly yeah 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 it's like they use the characters in the story and there's some things in there that are you know right on point but yeah 
they just they gotta do what they gotta do for the Hollywood community, I guess. But also, they do. There is a pretty good, um, like in when they go inside in that film when they go inside Euronymous's shop. I've seen the pictures of the shop. You know what I mean from like the books or the internet or whatever, and that's pretty on point. Like as yeah. far as the layout, how and then the bunks in the back and shit. Hell of hell. This is like just called hell, but. The shop was cool, like, because that was kind of the only place in the area you could go to get any of that music. Right. And, uh, and it like was to like, hang out. Yeah. It was like they were like the gatekeepers of all things black metal. But, I mean, it's kind of like, I think of our shop kind of <laughs> like that shit, right. too. Like, we get people that come in, hang out, we talk music, we're obviously not like plotting to burn down churches and kill our friends yeah but it's definitely but, got um, a barbershop feel around yeah here. it's got the you can come in and let your hair down per se <laughs> 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 but uh like you could come in and just let some shit off your chest you know like you would at a bar or something but it, just not with alcohol it's music instead yeah which is fucking rad but the it, the name of the uh, shop, it was like Hell of You. And uh, like Ryan said, I mean, again, pre-internet shit, that was like the only place to get it. Unless you had, I mean, I can't think of any. There may, I'm sure there was a few people importing that shit over here. Or at least people that go back and forth in bands and shit might catch it here and there. Yeah. But it's pr- very... Or bands that were touring over there at the time right. or whatever. But if these... it was few and far between because right. it wasn't mainstream media at the time. And so... And there weren't all these metal labels to push the shit Exactly. Either. So Euronymous had his own label, Death Like Silence, and then they had the shop, and then everybody hung out, and then the basement is where they uh, had, like, their circle... Mm-hmm. Um, and to be in the fucking black metal circle was like the shit, but it really is just some gay ass club. Hey, we got a creepy ass basement here that we could. We could. Like, it's real weird down there. Well, that the uh, building we're in, I think it was built in like eighteen seventy something. Before that, eighteen something. It's the eighteen hundreds. I just don't remember what year. Oh, I've been but... in that basement, and it's fucking. It's creepy, dude. Yeah. Like all wooden, rotted. It's fucking weird. Yep. Yeah, the record store building's very old. So I want to at least get your opinion on this in the middle of this episode. Like, this doesn't really have anything to do with the murders or the chaos and things. Um, There are kind of like two sides to black metal. There's the lo-fi side, which some would say is the true, honest, pure black metal side and then there's the melodic side and we've already talked about these on the last two episodes we've mentioned bands of both just for our listeners for me for us for whatever like i want to get your take on which you prefer i listen and own more lo-fi okay but i love melodic black metal i just happen to listen to more lo-fi you know what i mean like gun to my head i would listen to mayhem dark throne bathory venom like i would listen to all like that first second gen shit more than i would later stuff emperor like you know all that good shit is kind of 
where I'm at. But then Emperor later, you know, that shit's really clean and fucking melodic later on, you know. So I don't know. Well, they really help bring on the melodic sound. Like, and we've from, said that right. already. But yeah, I think it kind of just depends on the mood, really. Like I, exactly, there are times where. I want to hear Emperor and Dissection and Demue and, uh, you know, right. et cetera. And then there are times where I want to hear Dark Throne. But right. Dark Throne can go one of two ways because you can go to kind of more Venomy, Celtic Frost, 80s black metal era, that sound, which is what they've been doing with their last few right. albums. Or you can go completely lo-fi. You could go kind of a mix between punk and black metal yeah, in a way like, like their their career spans so long that they have so many various shifts in their sound right and they've even done like you know three albums where they did the unholy trinity yep. and they have three albums where they've done like a nod to all the 80s stuff that they were inspired by yeah. and um so you can go like anywhere with that band really but i would if it were me i would pick melodic if i had to right right no but that's that's uh just because cool. like bands like dissection uh-huh i mean they bridge the gap between the two so well that i don't know it like, it, 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 it's just made it more accessi- accessible for you yeah so but then the originally like younger me 13, 14, whatever. Uh-huh. The first time I heard lo-fi, I didn't know what the fuck to think of it. Right. You know, it it kind of takes you by surprise. Yeah, because you're you, used to that. You're used to Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So the first time you hear that, and it sounds like the world's worst punk album, right. but way angrier. Um, I mean, that shit took some time to grow, like, grow on me originally. It didn't click until a little ways down the right. road. Then I started developing... You know, Dark Throne was really the first band that was like that that I got into. And then I developed, you know, a liking for other bands throughout there, Gorgoroth, etc. Yeah, yeah. But it did not click originally. No, like, well, I, Melodic took off for me, me ex- tenfold immediately. immediately. But the lo-fi stuff, I knew it was good and why it was good. And I knew why it was meant to sound that way. Right. But it just took a lot longer for me to actually be able to sit down and listen to it. It's almost like when you listen to something that is dated, like if you were to go into like, I'm going to use the Bee Gees, for okay. example, because this is going to be far-fetched, but like the Bee Gees' first few records, they're a psychedelic band right, before right, they right. were a disco yeah, band. You, right. You almost have to like put yourself in that position, place, and time to fully understand that. And that happened to me with lo-fi black metal too, to where I had to really like look at why was it meant to sound this way and what did they do to make it sound this way? What was their point, et cetera, to where then it finally resonated with me and I was able to sit down and listen to more shit. I gotcha. Now, see, <clears throat> I think it's just because I, um, again, the age thing, because it's, you know, every, like every couple years, it's like a weird generational music thing, you know? It's fucked up. There's a shift in sound. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. But because I am listen to fucking really 
shitty product produced hardcore uh, it was easy to make that transition you know right. what i'm saying and like a lot of uh like a lot of the riffs on some dark throne and mayhem shit is very it's not like all these fast fucking guitars man it's like slow punk rock shit and some points you know and even the drums it sounds like punk like he's ryan said like angry punk rock so to me that was just like a, a and step above simple. like yeah it's simple it's so fucking simple and that like to play and shit you can hear it mm-hmm. but then i can see like for me then it's like man it, i love this shit but your ear gets bored of it so of course you're gonna you know push that envelope as to where i would I would listen to new melodic bands now over new lo-fi bands because, and it's not, it doesn't have to do anything with like a true Norwegian thing or they're faking it or whatever. It's just like in my mind that, uh, that, that shit's closed off. Like I already, those are my lo-fi fucking black metal bands. Not to say that I'm not going to like listen to other ones, but I'm not looking for other ones, you know? Right. Whereas melodic is like, a little fresher to me so i'm still kind of grabbing shit it's kind of like if a new hair metal band came out people aren't really looking for them right. whatever it's already been done to its height of what it's going to become right. like, i don't so, think anything can get better than like yeah. transylvania or you're not going to be able to do anything that one band already didn't do before which isn't fair and i know it's not it's almost a closed-minded thing it is but, but I understand what you mean at the same time because I've been like that with, I mean, every genre goes like Uh that, though. There's people that only think that 90s rap was the only good rap or 70s rock was the only good rock or whatever. So it's all to me, that's all like on perspective and where you were at. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So but I try really to not box myself in like that. But everybody's guilty of it at some point. For sure. Um, but there are some new lo-fi black metal bands that we have brought up in the previous episodes right, right. that are good. That are good. But then there's still like bands that originated that style. They're putting out things that are amazing for how like the yeah. length of career that they've had. And because um, nobody expected to have any of those bands to have any longevity. No, it's the same thing as you know punk rock. Yeah, and hard, they're hardcore in the eighties. Nobody would ever imagine that the Misfits would be fuck sold no. in Walmart. No, fuck or, no. Or you know, and yeah, that t- that's just insane. When you can go into the gas station, and I remember going into the gas station being like, "Holy fuck, dude! I can get a Fiend Club fucking ashtray at Shell." Yep. Like, so much for the fucking inclusive club, you know? <laughs> yeah. This morning I was reading just black metal shit in general, yeah. black metal stories, black metal theories whatever and um (laughs) there was a site called ikea or black metal where they took names of ikea furniture dude i think i saw that shit so the site's on there the site's shut down though i couldn't find it so because i was like oh my god that would be hilarious so i went and found names of ikea furniture and names of black metal artists they're may only be one that you really know off the top of your head but we're gonna see so i'm gonna ask you a few things this is fucking rad and you're gonna tell me whether you think it is a black metal artist or a piece of ikea furniture okay give me one 
Yeah, the IKEA names alone are fucking hilarious. And I was just like we were talking before the show. I was looking at like shelving shit. So I'm kind of. I, I didn't want to. Right. I was gonna tell you then, but I wanted it to be like a surprise. No, for you're the doing it. It's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. So I actually am familiar with a couple of IKEA names. So. I know that there's one that you're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, that's that. Okay. For the record, most of IKEA's names are Swedish names. So, translating that to American dialect, I'm probably going to butcher some of the pronunciations of this, but we'll do the best that we can. Fucking A. Okay, so the first one is, this is the one that you might know, um, Kallax. Yeah, you want to know me to tell you what that is? Yeah, that's Ikea. Okay, that's Ikea's record show. Yeah. Um, the next one is Varmer, V-A-R-M-E-R. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I'm going to guess Ikea. Yeah, it's uh, Ikea's winter collection. Oh, Jesus, man. That's fucking brutal. <laughs> um, the next is Oskarsund. A-S-K-E-R-S-U-N-D. Is there a meaning for it or anything? or That gives it away, doesn't it? Um, It's just a Swedish word. Okay. I'm going to guess meaning. it's a band. It's a, okay, it's it is a, Ikea? Ikea shelf. It's, it's a, a shelf? It's named after a Swedish town. Damn. Um, the next is Scarham. Scarham? That's Scarhead? Scarham. Like S-K-A-R-H-A-M-N. It's got to be a It's got band. like dots and shit over it, you know? It's, it's like got to be a band. It's a door handle. The, what the fuck? <laughs> me, dude. Yeah, it's got dots over the U's. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. Scarham. Scarham is a fucking door handle? Yeah. These are, dude, we could use these as fucking band names. <laughs> um, the next is Memnock. Memnock. That's what it fucking sounds like to me, some Star Trek shit. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I believe it was the bass player for Suspiria. Damn it. <laughs> I would have guessed Ikea again. This one you might know. Uh, Shagrath. Shagrath? I'm fucking horrible with this shit, man. Well, just tell me. <laughs> you gotta guess. Fuck, man, I don't know. <laughs> Shagrath, it could be anything. Uh, I, I think it's a dude in a band, but it's probably not. No, it's, it's the singer for Demir. Oh, okay, okay, cool. That one, his name's kind of common, so I was like, well, he might know. But, but then see, at the same time, I wanted to give you all the others first right. because then I'd throw you off to make you second guess yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you fucked me all up. But <laughs> I don't even, uh, it's funny because I don't listen to Demu. Like, I mean, I don't even own any Demu. It's weird. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> um, next is, I got a couple more still. Um, next is Morbi Langa. That's got to be a... Uh headboard or something you're close <laughs> it's, it's, it's a table oh uh, really i yeah. did pretty good um <laughs> the, fuck, dude? The, the last is vrangsen vrangsen that sounds pretty tough but v-r-a-n-g-s-i-n-n -N. say it again vrangsen you want me to use it in a sentence yes please <laughs> Vrangsen went to Ikea to shop for a Morbilanga. Oh, shit. 
So obviously, let me say his name again. Frankson. Franks. Fucking horrible with this name shit. Obviously, it's a dude because he's shopping at IKEA. Um, say it one more time. <laughs> Frankson. Frank. It sounds like fucking Barg's last name, but no, it's not. I didn't use any last names. Okay. I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure on that. It's the bass player for Carpathian Forest. I don't fucking Carpathian Forest, man. I don't even listen to those guys very much. We just started. Oh my god, you fucking burnt me. It's like one of those bands that, like, you know, we talked about that kind of slipped through, and then yeah, fuck you. So when I was going through That's the list tight, of, I was going through the list of black metal musicians. Like, I had to pick ones that. Because a lot of them, it would give their first name, their stage name, their last name, right. or whatever. I had to pick stage names that didn't give first names that were, like, close to being an English name. Right. Because I knew you'd know it was a person. Right, right. So I had to pick the ones that sounded like a fucking furniture. Table, yeah. And then, like... Scarham sounds like it could be a black metal musician easily, but yeah, when it's, right. when I read that it was a door, door handle, handle, I was like, oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. That, that is a good one. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I was trying to find the link to the site. It's called Ikea or Black Metal, but it was a really old article and the site's yeah. been shut down since then. So I was... Originally just going to bring it up, but then I was like, fuck that. I could just Google names of both and then try it out on my own. <laughs> no, it's fuck. That's perfect. You could make a whole game show out yeah. of that. But anyways, um, so this was our own unholy trinity of black metal. Uh, just a bunch of random different bands, facts, stories, instances, stage performances, um, talks about different album covers we've covered in various episodes. And... You know, obviously we'll touch more on black metal again down the road because we do have some artist profiles planned out yep. for certain things that would make good stories like Mayhem in general would be a great one. But yeah, if anybody learned anything from any of these, cool. If we got you into black metal, cool. If, if we got you into black metal, fucking that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I worship you if you're like fucking A because it's not... It's definitely a, like its own. It's an acquired taste. taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I have had people messaging me that were like, "Oh, I checked out this band yeah. on the list, and then I checked out this band, and I was like, what the fuck?" Yeah. Like, a customer of mine who's mostly into rock, heavy metal, that sort of yeah. thing, like Maiden, and he was a. Uh, he said he checked out like the first couple bands, like a song or two or whatever, and was like, okay. And then he's like, I got to the third one on the list, and that was what did it for me. Nice. And I was like, the third one on the list. I was like, that's Dark Throne, right? And he's like, yep, couldn't do it anymore. He's like, I had to turn it off. Because <laughs> it was like that lo-fi. Yeah, I was like, that's understandable. I get it, whatever, you but know. What I, didn't I like know. is that you, there's people out there fucking That are taking it. an interest right. to it to at least take the time to go be like, oh, I'm going to give this song three minutes or whatever. Right, right. Like, that alone, whether you like it or not, like, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, you take the time to listen and to follow up past the listen is the reason more than I could it. ask for. And is the, you know, the whole reason we started doing this yep. shit is to just bring light to artists and music that we would like people to know about. Fucking A. 
And then I had other people that were like, wow, I realized I didn't know any black metal bands past Cradle of Filth or right. past Demu or past, you know. They past only knew the, about you know, the, uh, they just the know quote about, unquote more mainstream ones, if you will. Yeah, the, the ones that, more accessible. the ones that have been more accessible because they've been on a major right. label for however many years. Our next episode, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be the complete opposite of this, I'd imagine. So Probably, yeah. We'll mess with you. And see how it goes. And I have been in talks with a handful of people about doing interviews, too. And I'm working on figuring out the right time to get those done. I'm thinking after the with first all, of the year. Yeah, I was going to say, with all the holidays coming up, it's kind of hard for me to reach out and ask these people for their time when they're trying to spend time with their people and whatnot. So more than likely going to wait till after the holidays. Yeah, that easier, way easier I'm not as too. busy... And they're not as busy, and we can actually put together an yeah. awful interview. Fucking A. That'll be uh, something to look forward to, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. I've never really interviewed a person like that before. Oh. I'm fuck, try it out, though. But all right. Um, I'm just going to pretend to be Larry King. <laughs> all right. That's what, watch Larry King. All right. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> all right. We're out of here. Peace. Later.